0: Please rise for the reading of the gospel. gospel according to Mark glory to you O Lord when the Sabbath was over Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him and very early on the first day of the week when the Sun had risen they went to the tomb they had been saying to one another who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father in heaven and the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. You got this. Yeah. Is this real life? It feels like we have been waiting a year to proclaim that good news. Christ is alive. This season of Lent, this time of reflection and preparation, has felt like a marathon never-ending, an extended period of loss and grief that is still ongoing for us, with illness and death for far too many in our country and around the globe. How appropriate then that Mark's version of the resurrection ends with fear and amazement. We might feel that fear of the women too, who had been the last ones at the cross, they would now be the first ones at the tomb. And we wonder with them, what's going to happen next in our world? They walked in the morning wondering how they would get in, how they would be able to access the body of Jesus to do the normal work that would come after a death. Many of us are ready to get back to work too. These women had a job to do. The the body needed to be properly prepared. After all, he had died on the Sabbath. This was the first time they could get there at the light of day, the first light on the third day, and they were shocked to find that heavy stone already moved, already rolled away. Who did that? They must have been all the more astonished to hear the report of the young man, dressed there in white, telling them he's not here. He has been raised. He's gone to Galilee just as he told you. This is real. Jesus is alive. It was just five weeks ago that many of us gathered for worship here in this place, and we were hearing reports of the virus on the other side of the world, and some were anxious. Others thought it might be just another flu, and we didn't quite know what to expect. We only knew what we heard on the news, after all, and we tried to make the best decisions we could with the information we had. Then the businesses shut down. The hospitals got crowded. The schools closed. Our world was upended. And many of you you now are working from home and no doubt asking the questions we are all asking, when will we go back to normal, whatever that means? Keep thinking about the things I want to do, like get a haircut, uh, go to the movies, go watch a hockey game. I want to meet up with friends and see a band, go visit folks in the nursing home. I have to get some donations, some Martin's Mart, make travel plans, go camping. There's so much I'd like to do and yet I'm not able. And there have been moments in the last few weeks where I've wondered, to myself or even out loud to my wife is this really happening is this real life it can feel like a strange dream at times and for many of us everything seems to be on hold but called to stay home and stay safe i sometimes have felt like those ones who deserted jesus who walked away when things got difficult or were afraid and went to hide. But I have to remind myself, and maybe it's a good thing that we remind each other, that our staying in is not a fear response, but an act of loving service to the ones around us who might be at risk or vulnerable or living with pre-existing conditions. And I'm mindful that staying home is a privilege. Not everybody can do that with so many required to work long hours in hospitals and grocery stores and many without places to go. It's like we've given up physical gatherings for Lent, an extended Lent, but have taken up new projects, maybe. Sewing masks, collecting and distributing food and supplies, or creating cards for our family members and seniors. But it's not Lent anymore, people. Today, we mark the resurrection of Jesus. This is Easter Sunday. Even though it's a little different, things are not as we feel they should be. That's okay. What will we do? We do what we can. One of the things that I've noticed is that we continue to gather online, right? You're here. I see you. You see me. That's a privilege, too, I know. One of the things that has been really cool is to see musical superstars Teachers, speakers, leaders opening up their homes, reading stories, teaching classes, sharing messages of hope, and sharing their gifts in shaky videos from their phones. People have opened up their lives in intimate ways. It's been beautiful to see my friends doing their work, going online to tell stories, to share the gospel, to share time and play games, be in relationship in a new way. We use the tools we have. We have Wi-Fi. It would have been a different story if all we had were those old cell phones that looked like a a brick or a candy bar and some dial-up modem. That would be rough. One of the things that you might have seen on the Internet is people referring to their online persona, their social media, or their Internet profiles. uh, And then uh, when they talk about Doing things away from their screens, they use the abbreviation IRL. You know what that means? Yes, in real life. As if what we say or do online doesn't actually matter. But if you've ever gotten an argument over politics on Facebook, you know that it matters. It's not fake. It's not virtual life. This is real life. We miss seeing each other face to face. I miss our church gathered in the same place at the same time. I miss hugging friends and shaking hands. Sorry, Dr. Fauci. We miss communion. We pray that this is a temporary period of social distancing and it will come to an end and we will at last be able to be with the ones we love, to enjoy public spaces and the places we love to be. But for now, we do what we can, we use what we have, and we live real life. These women went to the tomb, and they needed to give Jesus' body a proper burial. In their grief, they still moved forward. They had seen where he was laid, and so Mary and the other Mary and Salome came to do the only thing they could do. But it turns out, there was nothing for them to do in that tomb. No anointing needed, no spices, no wrapping of linens. Everything that needed to be done was done. God had done it. And that must have been shocking for them, amazing even, alarming. They didn't do the thing that they thought they ought to be doing, we get that. When there's a job to do, we think we need to do everything. Gotta start a Zoom meeting, gotta call everyone I've ever met, gotta stock up on supplies. Got to give blood, got to get a mask and make one, got to keep these kids occupied. There's so much we could do, we don't have to do anything to obtain the real life that Jesus brings us. This is God's freely given gift for us, and the living word is alive, and in the world, and in all the places and spaces we go, and with us always, this is real life. And Jesus didn't virtually rise from the grave. He wasn't kind of alive. He is risen. And we have been raised up with him. Our lives are already in Christ Jesus, hidden as they may be. We are already living in the kingdom of God. And we know there's more to come. But this is real life. We are in Christ Jesus and his life, the Holy Spirit, the gifts of God are ours now and forever. Jesus went ahead of the women. He promised his friends they would see him in Galilee, and everything he had promised them had come to pass. He delivered. And that means we get to receive the promise with him. We are delivered with him. We will see him. We will be with him. He will be with us. Even as we suffer, even if we get sick, even if we lose the ones we love, even when we are afraid, even when we die, Jesus is going ahead of us and is with us. We live this real life every day. The author of Colossians writes, Set your minds on the things that are above. Our minds are set on Christ, and our hope is in this living word. God's love in Jesus has this power to move us through fear to faith. It's the reason that Jesus' followers for thousands of years are the ones who show up in times of crisis, famine, and disease. See us working now, the Red Cross, Lutheran disaster response, Lutheran social services, right here in this community. See us giving, see us praying, see us serving in all the ways that we do every day. Faith beats fear every time. Our lives are in Christ. We believe in miracles. We believe that God can do things we cannot do. God has given us the greatest gift of all in Jesus, who took the cross and died so that we would live this real life here and now and be with him forever. The Easter message is that death has been defeated. The tomb is empty. The grave could not hold him. He was unjustly condemned, beaten, crucified, buried, and now he's alive. While Mark's story ends with fear, it doesn't stay there. Mary and the other Mary and Salome had to have told their findings to the disciples, who were no doubt also afraid, staying home out of their fear, hiding away. But the story got out, and the news was told throughout the world, and the doors to the kingdom were flung wide open. The reality of Christ's victory over death and sin and evil was shared throughout the centuries. And this good news is passed on to us, to you today, that we would not be afraid, that we would not live in fear, but in faith believe and know that we belong to him. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.